Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to episode two, Infestation, recorded July 7th, 2014. Welcome back to Under the Dome Radio. This is episode 26. We're going to be talking about an infestation. And me, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, not growing any butterflies in my backyard garden for fear of Barbie (laughs) actually crop dusting my house and, of course, wedging his wing right into it. (laughs) Thanks again uh, for joining us for another episode of Crop Dusting with Dale Barbara. Wow. I wonder (laughs) what kind of airline fighter pilot helmet could he wear to accessorize as he's flying around? (laughs) And again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We're a bit giddy. And again, this is our initial reactions for the infestation episode of Under the Dome. We're going to be back later this week with our full in-depth discussion, including your listener thoughts and theories. If you just call in to 904-469-7469 or just visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Well, we'll have an in-depth discussion later this week. Not an in-depth discussion, even though there was a lot of death going on in this episode. A lot of blood. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. This episode was interesting. It's wabbit season. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's duck season. No, it's mating season. Oh, Oh, man. That that was stupid. (laughs) I'm just calling it right now. Julia and Barbie. Seriously, again, it's only been a couple of weeks since he killed her husband. I call lame. And after coming off of last week's episode to start running through the woods in the dark and you don't know what the heck's going on because you can barely see it unless you turn up the brightness on your television to go from that directly into bed with Barbie and Julia. That's a really interesting transition. <laughs> the the part that I really liked the best at the beginning was I still can't believe, you know, after Big Jim has killed quite a few people in town, we've got a couple of the kids staying over at his house for a sleepover. And all of a sudden you hear, you know, they're waking up and you hear Big Jim say, you know, kids, breakfast is ready. <laughs> that was crazy. Well, here's the bigger question, because <laughs> if Carolyn's sleeping there, too, why are they allowed to sleep in the same room with each other? Wouldn't they be in separate bedrooms? That's an excellent point. And where is Carolyn this week? That's a really good question, too. Maybe she killed Angie and she's on the run and it's her footprint in the blood. Hey, anything's possible. Hey, I think it could be Sloppy Sam and somehow he's framing people. Maybe he was even wearing the shoe. I don't know. But it was really, really bizarre. What I, And what, you know, we talked about last week. We want to know what's in that locker or who. But of course, it's now jammed by either the power of the dome or something else. We're not going to find out for probably a couple of months, are we? Well, kudos to the writers for at least attempting to open the locker. Because if nobody actually opened up the locker, then I would have cried foul for sure. But at least Barbie (laughs) jiggled the handle and of course it was stuck. So again, we don't know what's actually in the locker, but we'll have to wait for a later episode. Now, of course, we do find out a little bit later on that Junior has Angie's bracelet. Now, I think he's being framed. The only person that could frame him would be his dad or Phil, because you'd have to have access to the jail. Well, a lot of people seem to be going in and out of that place. So I, I, I think Sam he did it and is framing 
James Jr. Rennie. I, unless Jr. is more like the Jr. in the book, it's it's hard to say. Listeners, help us out. Give us a call at 904-469-7469. Let us know who killed Angie. Was it the hatchling? Better yet, if you're a book reader, call 904-469-7469 or visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback because I'd like to know about these blackouts Junior's having and how you like that piece of the book coming into play now. Yeah, because uh, I'll just leave it there. Let's find out what the listeners thought about that because that this episode, the Two best things about this episode were that a few things seemed to tie back into the book finally again, and it was fantastic. Wouldn't you agree that we get to see Andrea Grinnell yet again? Dale Raul is back on the scene in Chester's Mill. It would have been even better if she stopped over at the store to pick up some stuff to add to her hoarding collection inside of her house. That would have made a good episode. It was just great to see uh, see Andrea Grinnell again. What I did like about the episode, though, is the little switch in the airplane, that piece where, you know, Barbie was like, "Okay, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this switch here? They actually talked about the fact that, oh, this is for when I was trying to get out of town with the rapture drug to make those runs. So I had a little bit extra fuel to do so. I thought that was great to bring back that storyline from season one. The question is, is where will they take it or is that just the last we're going to hear of it? I think they definitely have to touch on it more. I think it's going to become a major component to this season. Now, of course, Barbie says he's flown a lot of missions in the service, and I don't know how many of them maybe involved propeller-powered airplanes instead of jet fighters, but I still think he would have at least tried all these switches to try to find to see if there was a reserve tank of some sort. I'd be switching everything. Well, I wonder how many missions he flew against cloaked enemy combatants because Going up against the dome is pretty tough, especially when you got a plain wing wedged on the side of it. Yeah, it's dangerous and hazardous, but uh, he's now temporarily a hero, uh, even though we're all still orbiting around Big Jim. <laughs> that was a funny statement. Well, what are you <laughs> it actually was? <laughs> well, what are your thoughts, though, listeners, about the electricity and the fact that the plane's engine and equipment did not short out? Again, 904-469-7469 or underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. We want to hear your thoughts on that and why the dome properties may have changed. And of course, a, a question that just kind of makes you think a little bit. If you decided you needed a cup of coffee and you went down to the Sweetbriar Rose would you not be suspicious having Big Jim be your waiter and how creepy he was acting in that scene? Absolutely. The, where the heck's Ange? Did she get the day off? <laughs> She's dead. And where's the, where's Stephen King? I think he would probably know something about this. That guy was awfully suspicious in last week's episode. I know that we're that was just a one-time deal, but the people in town should be looking for him, I would think. It was a male that apparently killed Angie. Maybe Stephen King did it. That would be great the way that he was written into some of his other books to have him actually written into the story. And we've, he makes an appearance near the end of the season and he was the killer. And speaking of killers, you know, that new science teacher, she is one psychotic caterpillar killer. And that little burn she did in the field, that was the fastest burn ever. It was out and done and just barely smoking in just minutes. Well, she's even a bigger killer after that because she wants to advance natural selection and start taking people out inside of Chester's Mill because the people are the problem, not the caterpillars, because there's too many mouths to feed. 
And that harkens back to the uh, novel Under the Dome as well. So that was nice. What do you guys think of the the teacher and that decision? Do you think that she's right for wanting to reduce the population size in Chester's Mill? Again, 904-469-7469 in the States or under the dome radio.com slash feedback to submit that answer. And of course, we did get another glimpse of a snow globe. This one looked like it was Los Angeles. I tried to freeze frame it and see it real quick, but I knew I didn't have much time to waste because I had to hurry up here and get to the podcast. Did it look like it said Los Angeles on it to you as well? Yeah, from both sides, the front side as Joe was kind of to the right. And then when they spun back around with him and Nori together, definitely was Los Angeles. And I think that was more to symbolize one, that Nori was from L.A. And two, that Angie just wanted to get the heck out of Chester's Mill. I still want to know more about the Zenith thing. I know that they laid that groundwork that kind of let it simmer a little bit this week. I'm hoping next week or the following week we can uh, touch a little more on Junior's mom and Zenith because that was fantastic stuff. Okay, as crazy as the butterflies and caterpillars were this episode, because there are a ton of them in this small one specific area. Is this a rebirth imagery again? Is this they have to die and be reborn? So is this the same concept of these Chester millions need to die and new Chester's millions need to be reborn? I'm kind of hoping it doesn't go there. But again, I the listeners will have a much better idea than I do. Because in that case, maybe everybody has to die and then they'll be reborn or will they just be visions from the dome? That's a good point, Troy. Well, more importantly, how does it cover just Barbie and Julia's window? And then literally they just cover Angie laying there on the floor because that's the one answer that I'm really upset that we haven't gotten is, is the butterfly tattoo significant on Angie's shoulder? I know because they certainly made a big deal about it last season and now she's dead. And for those who were wondering, maybe she survived somehow now she's dead, but that doesn't mean it's the last we've seen of Angie. And were the butterflies protecting her or were the butterflies laying eggs inside of her? Ew. Well, Julia, the news reporter, also a coroner's assistant, she may be able to tell us. You know what was crazy was the whole church scene with, you know, Big Jim. He, you know, even though he's saying that he really wants to help the town and he seems kind of genuine, it's still a little over the top and how I need to lead them. I'm the leader. And, and the people in the church say that they have faith in Big Jim. No, don't say you have faith in Big Jim, especially when you're in a church. This is not good, Troy. This is not good at all. Can I get an amen, Mr. Wayne? Oh, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where's Reverend Coggins when you need him? <laughs> He's dead as well. One nation under the dome, indivisible with Big Jim to lead us all to hell. <laughs> it's, it's Some of those aspects were creepy, like the the church scene in the novel as well. It was just crazy. This episode was all over the place, but I didn't need to have Joe and Nori kissing again. And we're going to probably see that on every single episode this year when it says previously on Under the Dome, Joe and Nori kiss. Julia and Barbie are are in bed shortly after Barbie has killed Julia's husband, even though, of course, all is forgiven because he really wanted Barbie to kill him. Right. Right. Totally. The bigger question is. Why did Junior go on a bender in the first place? What caused him to drink? Because he wasn't drunk at the end of the episode last week. 
Has he been drinking all along or is this something that started because of Sam coming back into the picture? Again, what do you guys all think? 904-469-7469 or under the dome radio.com slash feedback. Send those in for the show later this week. That's an excellent point because it really did seem to come out of left field. There were no hints that I saw last week or even a lot of last season that would lead me to think that James Jr. Rennie would go on a bender like that. And then now he's talking about it. I have a feeling it's going to be more like in the book unless that it had something to do with the alcohol. Well, what about Sam actually showing Julia the picture of the hatchling? Did you think he was going to pull that card out so quickly? I don't know. I, you know, it is what a 13 episode season, I believe. So they have to move kind of quick. I, something about his character. I, I don't like him. I don't trust him and I don't like him. It's interesting that he did play that out. And boy, that hatchling, man, she goes from being under suspicion by uh, Julia to being protected by Julia to being under suspicion by Phil. He takes her in because his DJ skills are paying off big time as a sheriff. And then next thing you know, Joe is threatening to kill her. He's got he's on a revenge bender. (laughs) That girl was going all over the place and uh, still not sure what she's actually truly up to. What I did like in the episode also was the the hatchling saying, Julia, you'll protect me, right? And I wonder if that means she really is the hatchling because Julia's mission was to protect the egg. So I think that might be something there as she's looking to Julia for that kind of oversight or overseeing of her well-being. Yeah, I think so. I, I truly believe she is the hatchling. Now, whether or not she might have been somebody involved with Sam in the past or not, she came bubbling up out of that lake. Well, and those are two interesting theories that came up last week too, was that possibly Sam, when he got fired from the Chester's mill EMT squad was because maybe he had something to do with this girl's murder. And now she's come back to life or potentially what if it's a earlier version of Pauline Virgil herself? That would really be something. His uh, big Jim Rennie seen the hatchling yet. I'm just uh, going off initial quick thoughts here. I am replaying the episode in my mind very quickly, and I do not believe so. Wow, that was a quick rewatch. Amazing stuff. Because Julia and Barbie, I believe, came to the jail with Nori and Joe and Junior. Right, and none of them would have known her if it was a younger version of herself. But if Big Jim sees her, That'll answer that side of it. And what do you think of Phil doing his uh, duty as a police officer? He seems to be taking it very seriously and very by the book. (laughs) He's very, very serious about his job, but I think he's rusty. Let's just say he's um, new at it and he just needs to hone his skills a bit. I I just hope they rebuild the official radio station there under the dome um, when the dome is gone so that Phil can get back to what Phil Bushy does best playing all of your favorite hits 24 hours a day. So what was your favorite part of the episode and your least favorite part of the episode? (laughs) Favorite part of the episode, I think was um, Andrea Grinnell and big Jim just uh, taking his ego to all new levels. And I've already talked about on my least favorite episodes. I've at least favorite parts of this episode. I've got, a long list. But if I had to pick just one, it was Julia and Barbie in bed. I'm like, 
what a waste of airtime. We could have gotten some Zenith stuff, uh, more about Sloppy Sam, anything, anything other than that. You know, I have to agree. The in-bed scene probably could have done without it, although it does play into the conversation later in the kitchen about, you know, do you trust me? And Barbie's like, do I have to agree with you in order to trust you? And I think that'll come into their relationship more as the show progresses. So maybe we'll see less bedroom scenes going forward, which would be great for me. And I think the best thing this evening, I'm really intrigued by the junior bender. I think that's the one thing that really stuck out as something different and something new that we could grasp on for us theorists out there under the dome here in Chester's Mill. Oh, absolutely. I still think the whole thing is a a setup. Maybe even the whole blacking out is all being perpetrated by sloppy Sam or the dome or the hatchling or somebody and juniors just becoming a puppet. So there you go. Chester millions across the world. All you domies and dome heads. We want your thoughts, your theories for the show this week. 904-469-7469. That number again, Wayne. I believe you said it was 904-469-7469. That's right, 904-469-7469, or go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. You can submit an MP3 audio. You can fill out the contact form right there on the website. Or if you just want to email us, feedback at underthedomeradio.com. So you can be featured on the episode this week, just like all the great tweeps out there under the dome were last week. Uh, Please do so, because... We need to hear your voice and your angle and your outlook on what happened this past week on the infestation episode of Under the Dome. And we will share your thoughts and theories on that full episode coming out early, early Friday morning. Or if you stay up extra, extra late, maybe late, late, late Thursday night. Until then, we will definitely catch you around the mill. I'm Troy Heinrichs. And I'm Wayne Henderson. Thanks again for tuning in to Under the Dome Radio and stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.